Greetings and welcome to EHA Unplugged, the official podcast channel of the European Hematology Association, EHA. My name is Isabel Olivera and I'm a medical writer for the EHA. I have the pleasure to have here with me today Professor Carlo Dufour. We are going to discuss the latest precision medicine advances in the diagnosis of inherited bone marrow failure syndromes. Welcome, Professor Dufour. Could you please introduce yourself? Uh, good morning, everyone. I am Carlo Dufour. I am the chairperson of the Pediatric Hemato-Oncology Department of G. Guslini Children's Hospital in Geneva, Italy, which is the largest pediatric hospital of the country. And I'm also the chairperson of the scientific working groups on granulocytes and constitutional marrow failure of the European Hematology Association. So, to start off, can you please explain what are inherited bone marrow failure syndromes? Well, inherited bone marrow failure syndromes are a group of heterogeneous disorders in which the marrow stops working, so it does not produce the white cells, the red cells, and the platelets. But in addition to that, there are many other features that may be related to somatic abnormalities, organ dysfunction, and importantly, virtually in all of them, an increased tendency to develop cancer, intrinsic tendency to develop cancer, either hematological cancer or solid tumors. Most of them are genetically determined due to mutation in a number, increasing number of genes based on the new tools that now are available for the diagnostic workup. The most common of them are Fanconi anemia, Blackfin diamond anemia, Schwachmann diamond anemia, and the telomere biology disorder, which are regarded as the classical bone marrow failure. But now, nowadays, with the increasing precision of the genetic diagnostic tools, a huge number of new diseases bursted out into the scene, like SMD9, SMD9L, Mecum, X6, and a number of other disorders that may really increase the number of this important category of, of diseases. What are the major mechanisms underlying the clinical manifestations of these diseases? It's quite a complex question. I said that there are most, they're usually genetic disorder, and they are, and much is depending on which uh, biological intracellular pathway the uh, sick genes are involved. For instance, in Fanconi anemia, uh, the main mechanism is related to an insufficiency of the mechanisms of DNA repair, but there are also important mechanism contribution due to the hypersensitivity to myelosuppressive cytokines or to other toxic like aldehyde or reactive oxygen species. In the case of Schwachmann diamond and Blackfin diamond disorders, the main point, the main critical point, is related to the bad ribosomal dysfunction. Whereas in telomere biology disorders, for instance, the main critical point is the excessive shortage of the telomere, which is the last part of the chromosomal, which occurs at every cell division, which uh, usually renders the telomere far shorter, far ahead in advance as compared to what happens in normal individuals. So depending on the gene which is involved, you have a vast array of different cellular mechanisms leading to the phenotype. So with this heterogeneous group of diseases, I imagine the first challenge is to diagnose them correctly. How do you diagnose them and how are the new approaches in precision medicine helping to better differentiate between these diseases? This is an excellent point. In the old days, when the group of marrow failure was quite broadly and imprecisely divided in acquired and constitutional, just a small number of diseases were known. 
acquired a plastic anemia on one side, the acquired side, and for instance, Fanconi anemia, Schwachmann diamond, Black Van diamond, and some of the telomere disorders on the other side, that of the constitutional. So basically, there were tests, phenotypical cellular tests, like chromosomal fragility or telomere length measurements, that were able somehow to discriminate, but not in such precise way, these two categories of disorders, the acquired on one side and the constitutional on the other side. With the advent of the new genetic tools, we appreciated the relevance of increasing the level of investigation by applying the genetic test to all cases of marrow failure, including the acquires and the constitutional. And this is because there were studies, one from DNH in particular, that showed that if you apply the genetic testing to a population of patients, which is supposed to be clearly acquired, you detect that the relevant percentage of patients do not have acquired aplastic anemia, but they have constitutional marrow failure. And this has also been demonstrated by our group with a paper published by our faculty member Maurizio Miano in 2021 in American Journal of Hematology that may also occur in children. So you may find up to 17 to 20% of patients who are reckoned to have had acquired aplastic anemia, but indeed they have a constitutional marrow failure, which can be one of the classical, but may also be one of the less known or even one of the non-suspected bone marrow failure disorders, like those related to the primary immune deficiency and primary immune dysregulation. So genetic is critical in the detection of the true diagnostic marrow failure disorder because of the impact on the treatment. Because, for instance, in case of the transplant, if you transplant a patient with a constitutional marrow failure as he was and acquired aplastic anemia, you know, and that has been demonstrated, a far dismal outcome in the transplant as if you didn't transplant the patients with that conditioning regimen. So there is a clear discriminating event which is making the right diagnosis that would lead to the most appropriate treatment. And there's more than that not only related to the transplant, because you pick up with the genetic testing some specific disorder. It may happen, for instance, with the primary immune dysregulation disorder. You may have targeted treatment that are very efficient, and you may sort out the marrow failure rather than doing a non-due transplant, which can be avoided. So you have highlighted how important it is the link between a more precise diagnosis and a more better tailored treatment. Does also, a better diagnosis have an effect on preventing the disease, on genetic counseling, or by other means? No, this is another, Isabel, this is another important consequence of having now more refined, more appropriate, and more precise diagnostic tools. Because if we talk about constitutional marrow failure, differently from acquired, they bear an intrinsic and largely increased intrinsic risk of developing malignancies because of the genetic mechanism, basically. And so we know that transplant cures the marrow failure, but does not cure the remaining phenotypic manifestation of the disorder. In the case of Fanconi, of telomere biology disorder, or even Black Van Diamond, it's largely known that the transplant, while curing the bone marrow failure, it increases the risk of getting late malignancies in a rate superior to that of the patient with the same disease who do not undergo the transplant. So it's really important having a precise diagnostic uh, workup, also for the monitoring plan, because if you know that the patient has a constitutional marrow failure rather than an acquired one, you may set up more tight and more precise and more oriented 
monitoring plan after the transplant or during the treatment in order to prevent the occurrence of delayed tumors. Yes, so we're recording this at the ASH Congress in 2023. And I, want, I would like to ask you, what are the most exciting developments that you have seen in precision medicine approaches in the field of these diseases? Uh, there are a number of important, uh, important uh, issues, not only in the marrow of the, in the in field of marrow failures, but also of the granulocyte disorder. The application of artificial intelligence enabled to discriminate new category of diseases, for instance, in some form of neutropenia, which now are called likely acquired because they still conceal some genetic background that generates the disease. So this is a new category of disorder that will be presented in one of the abstract on Monday morning, I think, with the genetic profile. And still thinking of genetic improvement, there is a, a number of studies uh, investigating a new disease called Vexus, which is a complicated disorder with a tendency to develop myelodysplastic syndrome that will be uh, discussed in an oral presentation in the next day, Sadash, that highlight on how important can be an accurate, an accurate diagnostic workup to detect the precise disease and set up the correct treatment. So this is going to be for a general hematologist. And I would like you to give us a takeaway message. Uh, what would be your strategy to better diagnose these diseases and select the most appropriate treatment with what we know at the moment? Thank you for asking that, Isabel. So the take-home message is when you have an, uh, a patient with a marrow failure, no matter whether it's a child who is an adolescent, young adult or an adult, do always think it cannot be just acquired, but it can be constitutional or inherited, and then try to set up the most accurate uh, diagnostic workup you can have, possibly including the genetic testing and also the immunological survey. That would avoid uh, wrong diagnosis and prevent the bad consequences of inappropriate treatment. Thank you for this very enlightening discussion. Thank you, Professor Dufour, for sharing your expertise with us, and to all of you for listening. Pleasure. Thank you very much for your questions and for their interest in this topic. Thank you very much.